Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we dress up like Pikachu to trick people into liking us. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Switch US sales overtaking the Wii for the first time. And then on Thursday, we're celebrating the one-year anniversary of Splatoon 3 with our favorite Nintendo hosts, whatever that means, Mark. But in the meantime, how you doing? How's it going? It's going great. I'm sorry. The question was wrong. <laughs> I'm just so excited to be back. Yeah, it's so great excited to, have to see you. you. Great to have you back. So excited to be hanging out. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to have a dentist appointment today. Yeah. And but then I got a call in the morning that the dentist was sick, and so I had to like reschedule. Yeah. Which it all makes sense. It's all like fine and good, but uh, for some reason I was like really annoyed by it. No. Okay. But here's here's the opposite of that. I once had a dentist appointment early morning, uh-huh. right? And it was uh, not just like a regular checkup. It was uh, a something going on in my mouth. Um, and uh, before the dentist came in, the hygienist came in and was like, hey, so the dentist uh, is feeling a little sick. She currently has no voice. <laughs> Do you want to proceed with the procedure today or do you want to like and at that point you're you're already there i'm i'm already there Mm -hmm. well and like any i feel like and like covid maybe like uh, did something around this but i I feel like everyone's natural instinct is to be like yeah Yeah, whatever like well what's the worst that's gonna happen i'm gonna get sick um but like it it, it, you are in like a like no situation to say no right? right um yeah i mean you you can of course but it just like it doesn't feel right so it's I'm I'm saying it's nice that they made the decision. No, for it you. is. It totally is. I mean, what it and uh and you know like rescheduled for like a week. Like it's totally fine. <laughs> but it made me realize because I previous to this mm. I would have said, oh yeah, like going to the dentist, not my favorite thing, but not a big deal. But I realized that the reason I was annoyed by it is because I had kind of like you know amped myself up for it. Like I was oh. prepared. I was emotionally prepared. Sure. To go to the dentist. And now I gotta do it all again in a week. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean here's the thing. Uh, b- because uh, over the last like two and a half years, uh, I like went into like overdrive on repairing some of the poison fillings in my mouth. Um, I have been to the dentist probably four or five times a year for the uh, last uh-huh. like. Uh, and the last time I went was like my last. It was like a regular. No, it wasn't a regular checkup. No, I guess it was. It was a regular checkup. And she's like, okay, the next time I'm going to see you is six months from now. And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm used to seeing my dentist on the reg. Uh, Mark, if you want to support my uh, dentist addiction, you can go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, where we are, uh, if you, uh, you can support us there. If you like to uh, support us with money, uh, we appreciate it. Um, and if you support us at the 8-bit or 16-bit levels, you get access to our once-a-month miniseries episodes. Uh, we did a whole miniseries on the great detective shows on television called NCS Detective Club, uh, and we are currently making our way through... NCS Goes Broadway, where we are talking about musical theater. Mark, 
What are we doing this month? We are doing Le Miserables. We are doing for Les September. Miserables. That's right. Um, I'm very excited for us to talk about this. Yeah, me too. Because we saw it in person. We saw it in person together. together. And you saw it the night before. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Didn't even get an invite. <laughs> um. Oh, here's another thing about mm-hmm. uh the Patreon. If you are a member, you can help decide what the next mini series will be. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be a poll coin going up probably in uh, November, I would guess. Maybe October. Maybe October. Yeah. Yeah. Give us our, give, give ourselves lots of runway. November and December are busy times. Yeah, right? that's right. Yep. So a poll going up. Can't re- be managing polls <laughs> and celebrating the holidays. That's no, true. It's in the Bible. Uh, four. <laughs> So really, we're just in my Bible. we're just basically four weeks away mm-hmm. from or five or six for a poll going up. <laughs> where if you're a member of the Patreon, you can vote on the next mini series. You can t- direct Patrick and I mm-hmm. in uh, what we should do with our lives. Yeah, which that's like, a certain amount of power. It 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 is because when we do one of these episodes, I gotta say it's like the whole Saturday. It it's is like shot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, we love doing it and, and the shows are fun and good. Um, but yes, uh, so that is something that you can be a part of if you, uh, are a, uh, uh, patron at any level, um, with or without being a patron at any level, you can join our discord where people are always having fun and interesting conversations about what is going on in the world of Nintendo. Mark, we're heading into September. September is uh Friday, yeah. which means there's going to be a direct. We are, we're on d- d- high alert for direct season. And there's no better place to be during a Nintendo Direct than in the NCS Discord. It's true. If you want people who are going to be genuinely excited about stuff and, like, not snarky and not spamming it with, like, whatever dumb nonsense they want. Silk Song, we know. <laughs> we get it. Be nice to see it. I think we're going to see Hollow Knight Silk Song in this next one. I don't. <laughs> Me neither. I, don't. I think they're going to cancel the game. Um, wow. It has been a very long time. Um, if you would like to join... Email us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com, and we will send you an invitation. All right, Mark, are you ready to get ready to get into what we've been playing this week? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we're back on this. It is the Tetris 99 ticket update. Dun 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 dun. 957. Oh my gosh, we are so close. We are so close. And by we, I mean you, but I'm ready to bask (laughs) in the glow of your achievement. Uh, I'm ready to reach this as well. Like, uh, I'm I'm not, I'm I'm in a place where I'm cool with it. I'm not like frustrated or exhausted. Um, I'm just like, I'm that's 42 away from uh, so crazy from, from finishing it. If you had to guess, how many tickets do you think you're averaging a week? And I suppose I could go back and just kind of like no, don't do listen to the last <laughs> few episodes and do the math. But uh, let's see. I would say so. There's an opportunity for four per day. Sometimes, if there's a T-spin thing, I won't get the fourth. Um, and I would say that I end up checking in five out of seven days. That's pretty good. So like between fifteen and twenty. That's really say. that's really exciting. That means we're you are perilously <laughs> close. It, it sounds like you're gonna take credit for part of this. Well, I've been playing Chrono <laughs> yeah. Cross Radical Dreamers Edition. Great. Um, continued to play it. Here, um, I'm enjoying it a lot. Mm-hmm. Here is my... Complaint corner. Pa- par- no, 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 no. Oh. Peril of the moment. Mm. Uh, 
so the reviews for Sea of Stars, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in new releases, are beginning to drop. Yeah. And they're pretty good. Yeah. I would say... Uh, Excellent. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's got me more excited for that game than I anticipated. Yes. And so do I right. say I've enjoyed my, I don't know, five, six hours with Chrono Cross, Radical Dreamers Edition, and now, but I, I'm choosing to turn my attention somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, you kiss the game on its, like, 55 different playable foreheads. <laughs> yeah, yep. Send it on its way. It's almost, like... Uh, too many playable characters. Oh, there's no almost about it. Like it is too many. It's playable like everybody. Characters. It's like every third NPC yes. that you meet, right, can be recruited. Right, and you can tell that they can be recruited when they're talking at you with a weird accent. <laughs> That's always how you can tell, because um, that dialogue system is just so uh, so active. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, do because Chrono Cross is the genuine article. It mm-hmm. actually is an RPG of roughly that era, right? Um, And it is like a genuine successor to Chrono Trigger, right? It's just not the best version of that possible. I do you know what? It's good, but it's not. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm I'm really bumping up. I I talked about it uh, two weeks ago when I first started the game. And it, uh, you know, like in the beginning, there was a certain amount of charm in running into some of the like, PlayStation 1 era goofiness of like mm-hmm. not knowing if something can be interacted with just kind of the, the cl- static backgrounds are tough. Yeah, like yeah. the cl- just like the general clunkiness of uh even when I have like everything sped up that I'm like in the beginning I found it a little bit charming, now I'm it's kind of like rubbing me the wrong way. Right. Um so yeah, I don't I kind of think what's going to happen is that I'm going to put Chrono Cross aside and I'm going to start yeah something else probably Sea of Stars the reviews are just so good the reviews are just so good let let me ask you this do you know off the top of your head what Sea of Stars costs $35 $35 is correct i was surprised by that price point as I, in like that's too much or too little and that it's too much oh okay um, i mean it's oh, pro- interesting. it's probably a great game but like when i think of like indie uh, games. I like the messenger. I think was twenty bucks. Right? I honestly can't remember. I, I mean, I would have paid thirty five dollars for it. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I was just a little. It, it's not. Uh, you know, I, I don't mean to imply that like the game isn't worth that much or that they shouldn't be charging that much for like a high profile indie game. But I was like temporarily like, oh, mm-hmm. that's expensive. Partially because uh, Mark, I've been playing Vampire Survivor, which cost me. All of $4.50. Yeah, I saw that it's on sale. I think maybe it's ending tonight. So by the time this episode comes out, yeah. uh, it won't be on sale anymore. You but can still, get this I with think gold, it's like $5. Bo- gold coins. Yeah. Uh, it, I saw a little bit of stuff in the Discord. Mm-hmm. And how are you liking it? Because it looks fun. It is fun. Uh, Vampire Survivor is uh, fun. It feels pretty empty to me um in in like its joys but it is like a wholly effective uh time killer right um the way the game works is that you are and i'm sorry that we're just talking about vampire survivor for the first time now the (laughs) the game has been in the world for over a year Uh, but it's just new on switch now um but so you uh you take the uh the role of like a little like castlevania-esque character on an overhead um uh map um, and you attack automatically on certain intervals. And depending on which character you are, that determines what your initial attack is. So, like, 
there's a, and I don't know the names of any of these characters, and Mark, I'm never going to learn. Um, but there is a, like, Simon Belmont-esque character who ha- starts off with a whip attack. Um, so it's just, like, a little, like, swoosh of uh, whip that, like, flies over his head every, like, second or so. Second and a half, something like that. So you just, like, position your little dude around on the map so that he is in the right place at the right time to swing his whip and kill the enemies that are coming at you. This is how it starts. And then you grow and you uh, you collect these little gems and level up. And as you level up, you get access to uh, like random uh, boons that you can select that are like, uh, here's an upgrade to your whip. Here are, um, you know, like those uh, holy water vials that um, create like a, a an impassable um, like damage dealing area. There's uh, Bibles that can circle around you like a shield. There's garlic, which is like a closer shield. Um, there are all these different kinds of weapons that all are firing automatically on whatever intervals they're set at. And as you level them up, that interval can uh, come down, they can deal more damage, they can pass through more enemies, um, and it just becomes this thing where you are being absolutely swarmed by enemies, um, and since the whole game is about like building up your automatic ability to deal damage, um, it's kind of just, like, you're, you're in control of what choices you make as you level up, and where physically where you are on the map, and like, that's it. That's like the extent to which it actually is a game. Frequently, and when you when you are in like an end run where you have like made the right upgrades, um, you can usually spend the last like two or three minutes of every level just standing still because like you're fine. And you're gonna keep leveling up. Um, but so yeah, I I I enjoyed it a, a lot. After a week of playing it, I think I might be done. But uh, for five bucks, for five like, bucks, you, you can't beat it. Is there one map? Or are there, like, there are different mul- levels? There are multiple maps, but, like, uh, and so, therefore, like, different enemies. And even if you're uh, replaying uh, other levels as uh, new characters that you're unlocking, um, the, like, the enemies w- will change. Um, so, like, there, it, it's full It's full of variety, and, like, you know, there's, there's stuff that's been added to it. And I know there's uh, co-op in the game now, and, uh, like, local co-op, which is, is very cool. Um but you know, I'm. Uh, I, I feel like I get the game. I understand it. I've had some like real fun with it. I've, uh, you know, I I can finish rounds um, now after like buying some up upgrades um, early on. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I don't necessarily think I'm going to be like going back to it. Yeah, but like you said, for five bucks. For five bucks, oh, that yeah. sounds pretty fun. But all of this, what I, I, sorry, was there a question that I didn't answer? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was it yeah. exactly. Great. Um, I just wanted to. Because I understand you got your analog pocket finally. I did. I got my analog pocket, and you've had it for like a well, no, 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 like I've, four I've days. It, I've had it for four days. Yes, that's okay. Right. It arrived on Friday, and I was like, "Ooh, baby!" Because you ordered it like a year ago. Yeah, I uh, y- yes, uh, a little over a year ago. Um, I think it took three hundred and seventy days to get to me, something like that. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I have been busy. Um. But I was like, here's what I want to do. I want to, I, you know, I, I have this, like, uh, I don't really care for the Legend of Zelda Minish Cap kind of, like, attitude. Uh, and I've just been hearing things about it here and there where I'm like, okay, all right. This is, this is how I'm going to break in the analog pocket. Uh, and so I get the analog pocket. I uh, install the, the update on it. Uh, and I stick my, because I have a Minish Cap cartridge. Um, and I, I put it in there. Dirt, too dirty. Couldn't read it. Oh no! And I was like, oh, so I do I have to clean this thing? 
And then I picked up my Switch and started playing it on the oh, <laughs> right, Game Boy Advance Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> uh, and so I've I've made I've made my way through the through the first dungeon of uh, the the Minish Cap. I'm going. I'm absolutely going to revisit uh, the the analog pocket uh, when I am not like swamped. I'm in the middle of like two big yeah. uh, non video game projects at the moment, uh, and so my my free time feels fleeting. Um, so, but yeah, it's it, it's such a nice piece of hardware, um, and I'm very much looking forward to did the, digging did, into it. Because you ordered the dock as well. Did it all yeah. come together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Pa- got it. Packaged together. They uh, did you see that they revealed today a like glow in the dark? Yes. Uh, analog pocket, like super limited edition, right? Su- what's even the point? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's cool. Like it's uh, it, it looks very neat in the dark. But in the light, it just like is that pale green, right? Like glow in the dark right. color, and I'm like, Ew. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, I mean, I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. But then you see one of those, and you're like, oh, I know that glows in the dark. That's true. That's and I want to see it in the dark. And and I would love to see it in the dark. Yeah. Yep. Um. But so yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I, like I, the Phantom I, of the Opera T-shirt I had in like sixth, oh, really? sixth grade, where it, you know it was just like the, the mask. It, yeah. You no, know, it wasn't. It wasn't just the mask. What? <laughs> It was basically the entire one sheet, but the mask glowed in the dark. That's what I meant. It's yeah. just the mask glowing in the dark. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> just a big T-shirt with uh, just like the mask from the show. I don't know. I think people would recognize it. Cool. They would. Yeah, fan fans, fan, fan fan fans. I was I was trying. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think of like what they would be called, but I think they'd just be fans. Just P H A N S. Yeah, that's that's what I would do too. Um. So, uh, to answer your question, I've played no games on the Analog Pocket yet. <laughs> well, at least we know it's nice. <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week, or not playing. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. We kind of got us a week here. Yeah, after a couple of weeks of not much happening, uh, we have quite a few new releases to talk about, and including today... Hercule Poirot, the London case, is released on Switch. I love that these Poirot games keep coming out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also, Samba de Amigo Party Central, the latest entry in the Samba de Amigo franchise, is released today. Um, Reviews have not been awesome. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of just highlighting it here, really, because it was featured in um, the the latest Nintendo Direct. Um, uh, And and then I also just wanted to highlight here that... uh, you know, earlier this month, they started talking about their kind of like DLC plan uh, for the game, which uh, they have eight different DLC packs coming out. Each one has three songs and costs five dollars. So uh, it seems like kind of a lot of money for not a lot of content, um, uh, which kind of, I think, just like gives the the shape of what this game mm-hmm. is. Um, and, you know, I mean, that was also the case with um, the Theatrhythm Final Fantasy uh, game that came out um, a, a couple months ago. Uh, is is there no way to just like put out a rhythm game that just like has a bunch of stuff in it that like you want to play and like not keep like needling you for like more money? Yeah, I mean at least maybe in the case of Somebody Amigo, it's like licensed songs. But as far as you know, like Final Fantasy goes, yeah, 
Well, I mean the the, the first the first two packs for um, uh, Samba de Amigo is the Sonic the Hedgehog music pack, not licensed, mm-hmm. uh, and Japanese music pack, which is that those would be three licensed songs. Um, and then in the uh, second set, which is coming out on uh, September twenty seventh, there is a Sega music pack. Oh, so okay, again, I see the pattern here. Right, and a K-pop music pack, which I'm sure they're paying out the rear for. But, right. Um. Yeah. It's it. They're they're doing one that's not costing them anything, and one that is costing them a pretty penny. So. Yeah. Got it. Uh, also today, Sea of Stars is released digitally. Very excited about Sea of Stars. Uh, the positive reviews have uh, like got me just... And just like seeing video clips of it, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh yeah, no, app 100%. I, I'm, I'm so excited for I this. I didn't finish The Messenger, but what I... Because when it got to the... I spoilers for The Messenger, but when it yeah. got to like the 16-bit part of it, yeah. it it kind of lost got me. good. <laughs> yeah, that I it, like I, I literally got lost in the game. Uh, yeah. Like I couldn't figure out how to advance. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed it up to that point. Um, so yeah, Chrono Cross... Maybe in another life, I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah, see what maybe, happens. Maybe in a parallel reality. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, uh, the Messenger was what is one of the few games in my life that I have one hundred percented, like as an adult. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm all in on whatever um, sabotage the developers of Sea of Stars has to show us. And then also today is uh, the making of Karataka available digitally it's like a playable documentary from digital eclipse what are these guys up to this sounds so cool i was watching the trailer for it and uh karateka was like a a pc game i think that was released in 1984 um and it is a, a like a, they used uh, what what do, you, what do you call it when they take live action and then kind of uh like uh, animate over rotoscope. They basically used rotoscoping to create this game with pixel art. Mm. And it's a, um, like a documentary slash there's like four playable versions of the game, including like a beta version and then a remastered version. Like it just seems like a really neat project. We kind of all, we talk about on the show how that like, uh, we wish, I, I mean, how amazing would it be if Nintendo did something like this? For like right. you know like Ocarina of Time, and you saw the beta version and like all that kind of stuff. It's really neat to see somebody treating video game history this way. And since video games are such a unique art form, right? Like be able to actually like play early versions of the game and like see all of that. I don't know. It just seems really cool. I hope this is really successful for them, so that way more of this stuff happens. Well, and I think this is an example of more of this stuff happening because this is not just somebody doing it. It's Digital Eclipse. Um, and Digital Eclipse uh, did the Atari 50 that came out maybe last year, which is also a sort of like playable museum of like uh, a timeline, an interactive timeline, a playable timeline of uh, Atari game development. They also worked on the uh, Teenage Ninja, Ninja Turtles Kawabunga collection, um, which came out last year and is like feature rich in the way it presents um, all of these games and like a different Turtles ephemera around it. So like... They're the best at what they do, um, and they've got this, uh, you know, playable museum thing on lock. Um, and so, yeah, I would absolutely love to see them team up with Nintendo to do something like this for one of their games. And then on Wednesday, mm-hmm. August 30th, 
Excite Bike 64 is released for the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. We got almost a whole week's notice on this one. <laughs> yeah, they really <laughs> let us know. The trailer for it was kind of fun. Trailer was very silly. It was very 90s uh, radical. You're, uh, you know, riding motorcycles. I've never played Excite Bike. I haven't either. Yeah. Does it seem like it's just wave race, but like <laughs> on the dirt? <laughs> that seems pretty cool. <laughs> it does seem cool, and I like. I'm, I'm absolutely gonna try it out. And then on Thursday, August 31st, Here we the go. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge Dimension Shellshock DLC is released. I'm very excited about this. I'm, I, I, I was I went on the eShop last night to pre-order it and realized they don't let you pre-order DLC for indie games. <laughs> so I just got to wait. Um, but yeah, no, they can have my $8. I can't wait to run around as Usagi Ojimbo and Karai and uh, beat up uh, all, all, all these uh, Ninja Turtles bad guys. It's and then on and then on Friday, September 1st, the Splatoon 3 Drizzle season is released. And also, Nintendo Live ki- Live kicks off in Seattle. Yes. And it runs through Monday night. And I think uh, at least one member of our Discord uh, got tickets and will be able to attend. Yes, that's right. So, But it'll be really interesting to see what this actually turns out to be. And yes. uh, because it's something that I would love to do in the future. Yeah, and there is a uh, – uh, it's not very robust, but there is a, a streaming schedule. Um, so, like, there is, like, an, an opening uh, like opening day thing. Um, we have no idea what to expect of that. Um, and then it's basically just, like, uh, tournaments and stuff. Right, like, like uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe yeah. and Splatoon 3. I think, like, the World Championships or some – it's some big event. Some kind of championship. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, – but also they promise like concerts and stuff, but they're they're not on the streaming schedule, right. so I don't know right, if they'll right. just happen uh, in person. But yeah. I don't know. It'll be it'll be cool to see what that is. Yep. Um, and then we'll know what uh, Nintendo Live is. Do you think uh, it's probably too early to to know? Um, and maybe we'll have a clear idea after the the weekend. But do you think this is like the beginning of something new, or is this just like? The one thing they do one time. They do it every or pretty much every year in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, why Why would they not do it here? Especially if they can do it adjacent to PAX for right now. Yeah, you know totally. what I mean? Yeah. And yeah that's because true. this, what, had to have for sure sold out. So yeah, I don't think it's point. a question of demand. I think right. it's just like um, uh, to see how this expands in the future, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is it is interesting, though, like, because they, uh, you know, Nintendo was just at Gamescom not really doing anything, mm-hmm. but like, um, it's just like what what's what's the bandwidth for like events that you just like send people to to like play games that have been out for you know a year or more right for yeah ten years in the case of Mar- Mario Kart <laughs> right um all right well that's a uh that's what we could be playing this later this week I mess this up that's not how this transition goes Mark let's close this segment out. That brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433 in 1952. American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, you've brought something very interesting to my attention here. Yeah, so uh, I we're going to be talking about Snoopy's Snoopy, like the dog from Peanuts. Peanuts. Right. Snoopy's siblings. Really Snoopy's family. Yeah. And uh, Patrick, this shook me because yeah. I didn't realize that Snoopy had siblings. I, um, there's you, one, yeah. I think, on here, Spike, that I recognized. <laughs> but I thought Spike was like his uncle. 
Sure, and I, not not a not a, a brother. A brother, right? Yeah. Um, it's a it, it is a, the like the whole concept of like Snoopy's family, and really like any uh, cartoon dog that like we anthropomorphize so much, where you're like, oh yeah, he was taken away from his. <laughs> It's a thing we just accept with dogs, right? <laughs> right, like, right. We are your family now. Um, but uh, just the fact that, like, you know, he fantasizes about, like, flying a World War One biplane uh, makes me think that he has too much of an inner life for us to guiltlessly take him away from his mother <laughs> well, as a puppy. So I think that it's more in, like, the comic strip. It's more like sending your kid to college. Like, oh, okay, I don't think right. he was, like, you know, I, I don't think it's framed as, you know, being, like, kidnapped. It's more like, <laughs> you know. Sure, sure. But have you seen, there? there is a, a, like a animated video, of course it's animated because it's Snoopy, of uh, Charlie Brown meeting like puppy Snoopy? I don't think so. It's cute stuff, Mark. You gotta you Well, gotta can I tell it. you how, uh, so this is how this information came into my life. Yeah, please. Is yes. recently on Instagram I started following like Japanese Pokemon, um, like fans, I guess they're, they they're like taking what what it is is they're taking video uh-huh. of like when there's like a Pokemon parade and there's all these uh, Pokemon mascot costumes like marching down the street. Yes, and I, I it's it's brought so much joy to my life. Okay, and I think for some reason in, in a good way the Instagram algorithm is like if you like these Pokemon mascot costumes, right? You're gonna love Snoopy content, and guess what? They're right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> There's like tons of Snoopy content. I'm loving it all. But then somebody posted Snoopy's family tree. Yeah, and it was like I was blown away. But then, oh, it, so it, it is. It's a pretty simple family tree. Yeah, right? yeah. You we, have we like mom and dad. Uh huh. And then Snoopy and his five siblings. But there's actually uh, two other siblings that what? only exist in the like animated cartoons, okay, and not in the comic strip. Sure. But then I also read that Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts, regretted giving Snoopy siblings for the reason that you were talking about. Oh. He, he felt that, oops, like I wish I wouldn't have done this because it made Snoopy less special in this world oh, to have all these other anthropomorphic yeah. dogs. But he really like, and he especially disliked Belle. Which is uh, basically Snoopy with eyelashes. Yeah, y- yeah. And, and, and is Belle the only? I guess it's hard in the cartoon. In the cartoon, uh, gender. There of, is another. There, yeah, no, 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 no. You're right though. They're, the rest of them are uh, men, men, <laughs> <laughs> except for Belle. And then in the cartoon, there's another one. Right. But I. Uh, so and I like Olaf personally. He has like um, Olaf seems like he's a different kind of dog. <laughs> he does. He doesn't look like a beagle like the rest of them. We'll post this picture in the Discord tomorrow. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, I, you mentioned Spike before. We gotta at least name all of these. Uh, oh yeah, s- Spike. S- mm-hmm. And Spike is the one that uh, Charles Schultz. Uh, sorry, we're going over. Well, okay, we're, we're <laughs> it's just happening. Applause. Okay, yeah, we have to. Sh- Charles Schultz did like Spike. Okay, and I get it because he's wearing a fedora. He uh, has like a little mustache, right? I to me, he's the most recognizable of these. Sure, and so he continues to exist. He persists. He persists. Sure. The other ones, Andy, which is just kind of like he's like a shaggy version. Yeah, shaggy yeah. version. Olaf, who I'm realizing now, I think that's not his tongue. Uh, I it, think that's like a. It could be his collar. His collar or something. A distinguishing feature. He he seems like uh, he's got a little bit more of like a snout nose. Uh, and and he's wearing a blue hat. Yeah, he he seems he's a he's a chubby one. Yeah, he seems like the South Park version of, of <laughs> yeah, Snoopy. That's right. That that's sense? right. And then there's marbles. Um, who has uh brown spots? Brown spots. And mm-hmm. then there's Belle, who just looks like Snoopy with like um. 
wearing Lisa Simpson pearls and <laughs> has eyelashes. Have we ever talked about the uh, the McDuck family tree? No, we haven't. It'll be a topic for another uh, 433, but it is expansive because <laughs> between the ducks and the McDucks, uh, it reaches back into and through history and is a, an incredible piece of like Disney lore. I want to see this thing blown out and like see <laughs> the, the uh, long lost cousins and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that would be funny. I also really, and uh, not to keep dragging this out, <laughs> but just uh, I really like uh, Papa. Uh-huh. He's really funny to me wearing like a baseball cap and having a big old uh, mustache. He yeah. looks very, he has big old mustache. strong dad energy. Mm-hmm. And then I love mom wearing this kind of like 1960s mod, um, like uh, f- uh, fur hat. Okay, so going your, read, on. your read on that is that it's a hat and not uh, her, her fur? <laughs> That's funny. I, I, yes, that is my read on it. But now, <laughs> but now uh, maybe it's her fur done up to look like a fur hat. Yeah, this is, this is, that's, that's my, that's assumption. probably the less troubling assumption because otherwise. Right. Whose fur is she wearing? I mean, we can't ask too many questions about Snoopy without making each other upset. And this is why I think Charles Schultz regretted <laughs> creating this expansive yeah. family tree. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, we'll po- like I said, we'll post this in the Discord. Um, but Mark, let's get into the news. Oh, no, sorry. We were accompanied today by the EBU Your Radio Orchestra. Now let's get into the news. According to Circana, the firm previously known as NPD, in July, the Switch officially outsold the Wii's lifetime sales in the United States. So this was a milestone that had already crossed worldwide, uh, but now in the uh, market of the United States, Switch has sold more than the Wii did. Also, it is now less than 1 million away from passing the Xbox 360, which I didn't realize that the Xbox 360 sold more in the U.S., than the Wii Wii did yeah i mean i guess that uh i i I suppose i hadn't internalized that either but it kind of makes sense i feel like everyone had a 360 360 in the united states huge xbox in japan not that totally true yeah and also probably people owned potentially multiple 360s because oops oh yeah great point uh, three red rings or whatever it was called red red ring of death it was just the one ring right It didn't grow two more rings when it broke. Well, okay, that w- there were three rings for the Elven Kings, uh-huh. right? <laughs> Seven for the Dwarf Lords, and one for a broken Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then uh, it's also fewer than f- the Switch is fewer than five million away from passing the P- PlayStation Two in the U.S., and that would make it the second most successful console in the United States, uh, following the Nintendo DS. Which I I uh, gotta say I wasn't really tracking to the fact that the um, DS in the United States uh, sold like ten percent more than the PS2. Yeah, crazy. So the because uh, worldwide PS2 is like uh, unbeatable, right? I uh, it but if it if the Wii sells more, not the Wii. If the Switch sells more than the uh, PlayStation Two in Japan, and then it sells yes. more than the PlayStation Two in the u.s it's got to be close um like but yeah you're right i don't I, know if I, it'll I, ever yeah i i i hear i hear what you're saying actually the 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 playstation 2 and the uh, nintendo ds are close the uh this is just i'm on wikipedia uh because we're, it, this is instant research uh 154.02 million nintendo ds's uh, and greater than 155 million for the PlayStation 2. Wow. So separated by a million and also by a greater sign, greater than sign. Um, but yeah, still, it's a, it's such 
Oh, man, they sold a lot of those things. Yeah. So kind of how things stand in the United States right now is that the DS sold 53.53 million units. And we know this mostly because back in the day, NPD Group actually provided like real numbers. Like every month, yeah. they would say how much the game sold, how many units the game sold, how many units hardware sold. Um, and then maybe probably like 10 years ago at this point, I want to say, they maybe even a little bit longer than that, they started just doing it by revenue and not providing numbers at all. Right. Well, and so, some of that is also just like what numbers are provided to them too, right? That's like, also true. Nintendo yeah. still doesn't uh, provide digital data right. um, to um, uh, Circana. Right. Um, I will not get used to that. <laughs> no, no. It sounds like a Cirque du Soleil show. Uh, so the DS is 53.53 million. The PS2, 46.32 million. The Xbox 360, 43.13 million. The Switch, around 42 million. We don't know exactly. And the Wii is at 41.90 million. So, so long, Wii. Your old news. <laughs> Been beaten by the Switch. Two weeks ago, we talked quite a bit about the release schedule of Pokemon games. And, uh, you know, we came to the conclusion that a big reason for wanting to keep the games on a quick cadence is to capture kids' attention during their formative years. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, if the if Game Freak added an extra year between generations, if you're an adult, it's all fine and good. But because what's another year? But if you're if you if you are trying to get kids like hooked, the difference between a new generation every three years and every four years would be a really big deal. Yeah, like a, a catastrophic distance, basically. In a new interview with LadBible.com, <laughs> uh, Pokemon Company COO. Uh, Takedo Utsunomiya discussed how the company is aware they need to keep the franchise interesting for kids, saying, quote, Our goal is to keep passing on Pokemon to the next generation over the span of hundreds of hundreds of years, for example. What? Yeah, and in order to do that, to do that, of course, we need to make sure that we are still keeping the younger generations, the kids, interested. One thing I can say, kids are very, very honest. They don't play things they're not interested in. So if you, if your brand feels like it's something that's old or boring, they will immediately dismiss it. So that's a big challenge. Making Pokemon continue to feel like something new and exciting for the younger audience, the kids, it's very important to us. It's easy to focus on adults. They have a lot of disposable income. You can see their reactions in real time on social media, for example. But on the other hand, kids, they have maybe just a little bit of money they can spend on. So they really focus on the things that they are only interested in. And they're very honest in that regard. So a big challenge is to just make sure that we aren't losing track of keeping them interested. You hear that, adult Pokemon fans? You're being dishonest with your dollars. <laughs> I do think it's an interesting point mm -hmm. where that it's like, yeah, like the reaction that you're getting online is mostly from, you know, people who are outside right. their target demo. Their yeah. target demo. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean is why like any uh, Twitter, um, like Pokemon controversy is like a non-factor for the Pokemon company. Probably, yeah. And you know, uh, there he also Utsunomiya also indirectly addresses concerns over the poor technical performance of Scarlet and Violet. But also to your point, like that conversation that does come up on Twitter and other places, uh, saying, "quote One thing I can say is that regardless of if we publicly respond." We're always very closely paying attention to the feedback and conversations happening in the communities. I think as a company that when we release products, we try to provide entertaining experiences. There are certain aspects where you know we can't always be 100% aligned with what par some parts of the community are asking for and what we want to provide. 
Yeah, which uh, m- makes sense. Um, you know, there, there's always, anytime there's like a, a an excuse or like a reason for uh, the Pokemon company uh, adhering to a, a schedule like this, you know, with, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, or about like, we see what you're, uh, what you're asking for and, you know, here's what we're actually able to provide. Uh, I'm always kind of like, yeah, but you're the highest grossing entertainment <laughs> product in the world. Um, so, like, spend more money on it. I don't know. Get more teams working on it, I guess. Is what yeah. I, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, I mean, I feel like they've had to speak a lot to it recently in ways that mm. they haven't, even if it is indirectly, like he did here, saying that, hey, even if, you know, we're always listening sort of thing, it, I don't know, it feels like something they're aware of. Yeah. But, like you said, the proof will be in what future games, you know, yeah. turn out to be. Well, and the, you have to imagine that, like, they'll go through good periods, they'll go through bad periods. I think we're kind of in just, like, a little bit of a crummy period for um, Pokemon games right now. Although, like, uh, it doesn't seem to be hurting them any. And the people that, um, you know, liked uh, Scarlet and Violet really liked it, um, you know, warts and all. So, uh, I don't know, may- maybe, maybe none of this matters. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, uh, even the people who... I feel like the consensus on Scarlet and Violet are the gameplay was really fun. Mm-hmm. It was let down by the performance. Yeah. Um, and how, but one thing that was, you talked about, you know, we're kind of in a uh, rough period is, I, I, yeah, it's hard to even call that. It's right. Call yes. it that when the games are so big right now, like, and uh, everything around Pokemon is just so successful. I, I don't have the numbers here because I didn't write it down, but in this article, on labbible.com, they were talking about how, you know, pre-Pokemon Go, so like in 2016 Mm -hmm. or 2015, whatever, the previous fiscal year, the Pokemon company had made like 8 million in profit or like 9 million in profit or something. And then post-Pokemon Go, it was like in the hundreds of millions. So like Pokemon is bigger now than it's ever been you know, even yeah, yeah, yeah. the original Pokemon craze in the 90s, which is just kind of, it's crazy to put into perspective. You know, the Pokemon was always successful, but pre and post Pokemon Go is just wild. Yeah, that, that, that is true. And it's not just that Pokemon Go is super successful, which it is, but like, um, you know, that sort of started like the avalanche of uh, phone games that now is like a huge part of, even beyond Go, like a huge part of what uh, they do, like the... Uh, masters and um the mobo one uh the name of which i always forget um like yeah it's a it's it's a lot there's a there's a lot of different streams of pokemon yeah like pokemon go did for pokemon what nintendo said even though their hearts were never in it like they wanted their mobile games to do absolutely because pokemon go came out was huge and then when pokemon sun and moon came out that like yeah, those games sold incredibly yeah. well, and then you know it's just like built from there. Um, so the strategy can work; it <laughs> is possible. The strategy did work once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Still waiting to see Pikmin get that boost. <laughs> but hey, Pikmin Four, we don't know. Yeah, that's true. In June, it's not, it's not true. We know <laughs> that Pikmin Bloom did not. <laughs> <laughs> How many people are playing Pikmin Bloom? I just want to know this information. Yeah, because you go some places and it's yes. like there's tons of flowers and people mm-hmm. are doing. Um, like around mushroom battles, yeah. yeah, around like where I live, th- nobody's nobody's doing mushroom battles. It's always like me, and occasionally there'll be like one other person. Yeah, you see the same faces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, 
In June's Nintendo Direct, Square Enix revealed Star Ocean The Second Story R, a remake of the second Star Ocean game releasing this November. And while the game has an art style reminiscent of HD 2D titles like Octopath Traveler and Triangle Strategy, the, trace, the trailer also showed off a 3D perspective. In a recent interview with Famitsu Magazine in Japan, the game's producer and director, uh, Yuchiro Kiteo, discussed how the art style is familiar but different as trans... And here's what he said as translated by Nintendo Everything. Also, uh, this is a... If you shudder every time I tr poorly pronounce a Japanese person's name, this is going to be a rough episode for you because there's another one coming up. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll we'll brace ourselves. We'll think about the things that we need to like. If that makes you upset, think about the things that calm you down. <laughs> think about the things that make you happy. That's and right. Get those locked and loaded. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, uh, here's what Kateo said. "Quote: The visual style in this game, as you said, is different to a normal HD 2D title." The backgrounds in the world were not pixelated, but instead were made with real-time 3D, and the characters were drawn with a special shader in a way that really sticks in the player's memory. The game was developed in a way to introduce pixel art characters into the current environment of expansive 3D worlds, giving them a real sense of existing in the modern age while also feeling nostalgic, and with visuals that brought out the finer details of cherished memories of grand adventures. Yeah, and this is actually something that we talked about a little bit when the uh, remake was uh, initially showed off in the Nintendo Direct, um, because it does, uh, at first blush, read as um, HD 2D, but like that's kind of how the games looked in their original presentation. Um, that it was already mixing um, uh, 2D sprites with um, 3D background art and, and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, what, what they're doing here is, uh, if not a step up from, like, HD 2D, it's certainly, like, a sidestep that's still embracing what was true about Star Ocean um, Second Story in, in the first place. I've never played any Star Ocean game. Uh, it's I, I like this game. This game is good. I, I played it with my brother um, growing up. Is it... Co-op, or you, do you mean you're just no, like playing I mean, it, it like, like... Like you would play any yeah, yeah. RPG at the time. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, I, I I was like, initially I was going to say, oh, it'd be fun to pick this up, but then I remembered that Super Mario RPG is coming out right around the same time. Yeah, but this yeah. it's not like this game's going away. No, It'll no, be no, there no. forever. It'll be there forever. I can, We're going to live forever, Exactly. Mark. I can do like a <laughs> Chrono Cross type thing where I get it like a year late, play it for a couple hours, and then... Um, and then bounce if you're not having fun anymore. Yeah, yet. exactly. Uh, also revealed to be coming to Switch in June's Nintendo Direct was the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. Konami has revealed some of the technical specs across all the platforms, and the Switch performance is lacking in one key area. Frame rate. That's right. So docked, the resolution is 1080p, same as across all platforms, and handheld is 1020p. Frame rate, however, 720, but oh, yeah. 720, yes. Mm -hmm. Frame rate, however, is 30 frames per second on Switch, but it's 60 frames per second on all other platforms. And in previous uh, versions of re-releases of Metal Gear Solid's one, two, and three, uh, they have been uh, presented at 60 frames per second. So it doesn't seem like collections that appeared on uh, like. PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 and stuff. So it doesn't seem like it should, like, what's the point of this uh, frame rate lowering on Switch? Maybe they just couldn't get it at consistently 60, and so they decided to lock it at 30. Yeah. The mysteries of porting games, I have no idea. Yeah, that's you know? true. It's weird. Look, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's yeah. what you major in in order to become a video game developer. That's right, it's science. Um, And also, like, uh, truly... Uh, I won't 
really be able to tell the difference. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can, if we're watching them side by side, I can tell the difference between yeah. 30 and 60 frames. Um, but like, yeah, if I spend five minutes with it, I won't even notice that it's not moving at 60 frames. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of the same way. Like, if I jump from, uh, playing solo Mario Kart to playing multiplayer yeah. Mario Kart, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. But yeah. Otherwise, it's not really something that uh, I usually clock. Yep. Um, I feel still, like it's a blessing that way, honestly, that yeah. that kind of thing doesn't bother me. Yeah, that 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 is definitely true. It's a, uh, it, and I don't know. I just, I find this to be like a, a weird little bummer. Um, about the, I, I kind of think it's just that like the lesson is uh, play this collection somewhere else. Yeah, I think you're probably if you have the opportunity. I think yeah. that does make sense. A Xenoblade Chronicles 3 soundtrack was released in Japan, and included with the package is a note from series director Tetsuya Takahashi that ends with some thoughts about where the series could go in the future, saying, quote, Rather than playing on defense, going on the offense. Change rather than maintain. This is a stance that I have continued to hold for 30 years. If there is another Xenoblade, it will likely be something vastly different from what comes, what came before. In style and in music, I would like to make my next goal something that will betray everyone's expectations. In a good way. Uh, very funny to be like, I've always been about variety and changing and being unpredictable, and I will always be about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am constant in my inconstance. Um, but that's cool. Uh, I, 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 like, I like the idea that um, there's no... This is, I like... You know, while, while all the Xenoblade games, like, kind of uh, present and play similarly, um, they take place in, like, vastly different parts and times of that world. Um, and uh, so, like, they, they, they are always, like, aggressively moving beyond, you know, a, a single character. Even when they have, like, breakout characters like Rex or, like, uh, Pyra and Mithra that, like, can be Smash characters that they're, like, that iconic, they still, like, move on and move on pretty quick. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Patrick, you picked up a slew of the Star Wars game ports that Aspire has been putting out. Oh, yeah. And uh, when you p started playing them a couple of weeks had ago, had a bad time, yeah. Uh, didn't particularly care for them. Yeah. And at, when you were talking about how you didn't particularly care for them, we wondered <laughs> if Aspire was done publishing Star Wars games and maybe just done in general. Um, sure. Well, because part of like the Aspire thing was that um, they were... Uh, part of the uh, announced remake of um, the Old Republic, of the Republic um, on the PlayStation 5, uh, which was then just like shuttered when they were like, oh yeah, we don't actually, I mean, who knows what the actual, what really happened here. But it seemed like Aspire got themselves in a position to deliver something that they were nowhere near ready to be able to do, like remake uh, an expansive Star Wars RPG. Right. And so, well, one thing of note is that last week, Night Dive Studios announced it's bringing the 1995 MS-DOS game Star Wars Dark Forces to Switch and other platforms as well uh, as Star Wars Dark Forces Remaster coming later this year. And the trailer looks like it's a true remaster versus, like, the upscales of the Aspire games. I don't really... I don't... Again, I, I'm not a scientist. I don't know what they... <laughs> I don't know what they did. Right. But to me, it just... It looked like they kind of, like 
what happens with the Nintendo Switch Online, Nintendo 64 games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, and, and a part of that is also just, like, a, a function of you're playing it on a higher-resolution TV, right? Right. Um, where it's like, oh, yeah, all of these things that were smoothed out by those uh, extra electrons bouncing around inside your CRT TV um, is now just out there in clear relief. Uh, and so, like, the edges seem sharper in a bad way right in like a clunky way um and just the seams are more evident i feel like ninth dive studios has a relatively good pedigree when it comes to these remasters as well um i didn't realize but they are responsible for the doom 64 mm. quake quake 2 and turok 1 and 2 releases you know that have happened in the past few years on switch and other places did you ever play Dark Forces? Are you familiar with Dark Forces I'm at all? I'm not. I, I know it a little bit by reputation that it is like one of the good ones. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't really Yeah, I, I never owned it or anything, but I I had a friend who did, and at the time Dark Forces like blew my mind. It's kind of I would describe it uh in the way it looks, if no like you know in Doom, the original Doom like Dune or yeah. Doom or Wolfenstein, it's these uh, 2D pixel characters yeah. that are kind of, you know, coming at you in a way that is a facsimile of 3D. Yeah, like HD 2D. <laughs> uh, like it's a facsimile of them moving in 3D space, yeah, yeah. but they're like flat 2D pixel. That is, Imagine that, but in Star Wars world. Oh, so interesting. Like, um, uh, like stormtroopers, you know, like w- patrolling the deck of a Star Destroyer that way. And so it's it's a very specific look, but a 1995 first person shooter. I don't know how much like fun it's gonna be. Yeah, you know what it sounds like. It sounds like the Jurassic Park Super NES game. <laughs> and that's which when's that collection coming out? Oh my gosh! It, it was hey, it's just the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. This would have been the perfect time for it. You want to know something crazy? I do. Yeah. Last week we had this hurricane, right? Sarah and I stayed home. We watched Jurassic Park. Great time. Had what well, wonderful time. It's a great movie. Um, then, this last weekend, we went to uh, the Paperback uh, Brewing Company uh, near where we live. Uh, sat down, had a beer. They had a TV uh, on, and uh, they turned Jurassic Park on. We sat at the bar and watched the entirety of Jurassic Park <laughs> one week after having watched it. It's an all-timer. It is an all-timer. I remember when it was released for its uh, must have been 20th anniversary. Yeah. And I went to see it in theaters. And yeah. it's the first time that I had watched it in maybe, you know, like 10 years or something. Um and yeah, it's it's incredible how well that movie holds up. It, it's 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 like it's perfect. Like yeah. I I I don't I don't really know how to explain it. All this is to say, yeah, let's bring a collection of those <laughs> games uh to platforms. Yep. Uh, speaking of Turok, Night Dive is also completing the Nintendo 64 Turok trilogy by bringing Turok 3 Shadow of Oblivion to Switch on November 14th. Uh, can't play the Turok games. They make me, they give me a headache. Oh, yeah? They make me nauseous. Uh, they did when I was a child uh, and tried playing it for the first time and had no experience playing a, a first-person shooter that wasn't on a PC. Yeah. Man, uh, first-person shooters on Nintendo 64. What a wild time to be alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Finally, uh, Mimikyu is the latest Build-A-Bear and Pokemon collaboration being released. This is the ghost-slash-fairy Pokemon that w- disguises itself as a Pikachu. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cute, and it's a bit, you can buy it now online, and it'll be in stores soon. I guess online, 
you have to buy it in a bundle where it comes with one of those old timey sleeping caps Pretty and like cute. a like a sleeping cloak. Mm-hmm. It's a sleeping cape, which is such a great idea. I think everybody should own one. Do not have a sleeping. Cape. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Um, but it's a, you know, there there was a there was a period where they started doing these uh, build a bear. Um, Pokemon uh, things, and I remember talking about them a lot in that, the early days. Okay, I feel like I and then I put a moratorium on it. Did at one we point. see? I yes. couldn't see. I couldn't remember it. I could not recall uh, because you did put a it, yes. You so you did put a moratorium, but yeah. at some point in the past, like couple of months, we violated that... the moratorium recently, and I don't remember why. Uh huh. Um, I mean, maybe we were like, I don't know. It's a Grookey. What do you want? Like it's. <laughs> He's great. Um, yeah, I, I I don't remember why we broke the moratorium recently, but now it seems like because the Mimikyu is here that we just like now we're back on. Yeah, I guess we're just uh, we're just gonna be talking about all of them uh, until uh, a new moratorium is put in place because right. this will never end. They could <laughs> Build Bear could do this forever. No, there's like a thousand Pokemon. Yeah. It's true. Um, Mark, before we look, that was the last news story that we have here. Normally we would transition out of it here, but you weren't around last week to discuss Charles Martinet. That's uh, right. Retiring as Mario. We uh, at, at, at the, when the initial announcement went out. Um, uh, Nintendo was like, we're going to be following up with a video announcement from uh, Charles and uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Um, so stay tuned for that. Two things. One, where's that video? Uh-huh. Two, uh, I don't know why, but it bothers me when uh, Nintendo in that announcement and everyone else talking about it just calls him Charles. You don't know the guy. <laughs> He's Martin A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not on a first name basis. You're on not a on last first name, name basis. basis. Come on. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I. Second observation was a joke. The first one, though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe part of the Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Perfect. Although that kind of feels like a weird place to do it as well. Um, it feels like a weird place to do it unless they. Like, depending on what the tone of the, yeah, that's the, true. The, his, like, semi-retirement is. Yeah. I honestly, like, I feel like what you and uh, guest last week, uh, Michael C. Hearn, talked about is pretty much my feelings on it. Where it's like, he's, uh, Charles Martinet has been doing Mario based, you know, my entire life. Mm-hmm. And um, it's an iconic performance, but I don't feel like it's an irreplaceable performance. And I feel like that's, like, um... You know, it seems like it is mutual. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't seem like there's any bad feelings there. And uh, part of getting older is just that things change, and you know, the things that yeah, yeah, existed yeah. all of your life st- stop existing. Um, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like it's not like I, I guess like so you're I'm not, we're not gonna live forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess like I yeah, I don't really have strong feelings about it. I think he's done a great job as um, Mario. And the other characters, but I don't think he's irreplaceable. And I think it will be exciting to see what uh, this actually means. Will it be one person performing all the voices like he did? Will it Mm -hmm. be multiple people performing um, different characters? Uh, Yeah, I I, I don't think there's any reason to be necessarily like sad about the news, but we can still be appreciative of what he's brought to um, Mario and Nintendo. Yep, Uh, very well put. I'm uh, very much looking forward to whatever this little... Uh, video. It's so funny for Nintendo to like tease and announce. It's not even an announce. It's a, they're teasing a video that's just like a a proper send off to them or something. Yeah. Also, just gotta say the people who clocked it when Wonder came out yeah. and, and when that uh when the it was the WarioWare thing yeah the WarioWare yeah. thing also like I didn't 
I didn't hear it at all. Yeah. You know? And I so, still don't hear it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, good on those people. You you called it. Um, all right, Mark. Let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, you should join our Discord. All you got to do is email us, and we will send you an invitation. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. 